Gotta check. Well, good morning. Wow. When I, we have coffee. We do. Oh, he's all. Yeah, he's he's done good this morning. Good morning. Good morning. Well, I'm so glad you're here. I, I hope you're glad you're here this morning as we are continuing um, our journey through Advent. Um, and I do. I I love this time of year. It's it's my favorite time of year. Um, that we have just as we move towards Christmas. Part of me is because I'm just a big kid at heart, and so I, I get excited and stuff. When you go by my house, you know, you you can't see it from space yet, but if I had more lights, you would be able to. I just, we love decorating. We love all that stuff, and 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 I, I just enjoy everything that is about a part, this the, what what it's like this time of year. It just seems people are nicer and and, and and there's a little bit of hope and there's a little bit of peace and a little bit of joy and there's a little bit of, you know, a little bit of everything that's nice. And, and, and so I, I hope you're enjoying because th- this is what Advent is. Advent is, all Advent means is coming. It is us as we move towards the greatest event in, in human history, the event that actually split time. When, when Christ entered this world, it literally split from before Christ to the year of our Lord, split time. And changed everything about that. And, and I know it's easy to get wrapped up in the busyness and, and the parties and the decorating and the plans and, and all that stuff. And I just don't want us to miss the true gifts of Christmas that that brings. The, the gift of hope, love, joy, and peace. And, and, and I love that in the Bible, and we've kind of used this theme of following that star, just like the wise men did um, so many years ago, that they follow a star to find Christ. And we are following the star. We're following the light of the world that entered the world on Christmas. And this morning, what I want us to do is I want us to start our our next step of our journey is this week we're going to journey towards joy. And I I love that. um, I just like the idea of joy, don't you? Doesn't doesn't everybody just like the idea of joy? It it seems like, you know, we sing about joy to the world and and all different things and joys everywhere. We see joy on signs and we see joy in the yards and we see joy everywhere. And and we just we we love the idea of joy. But I don't think we fully understand what joy is. In fact, I think I think joy is often confused with happiness. And those are two very different things. See, I, I think happiness is maybe just kind of a of a little carbon copy or or wannabe of what joy truly is. Because I think happiness relies totally on our circumstances and what's going on in our life. But joy comes from one place and one place only, and that's Christ. And and, and I believe in. So that's what I want to do is I want to take us on this journey um, this morning. I love Sam Storms said this, Joy is not necessarily the absence of suffering. It is the presence of God. And that is the huge difference, because I think so many times we think of, I just want to be happy, I just want to be happy. And when we say that, I think we are setting the bar way too low for our lives, because I think God offers us joy, which means that joy can happen no matter what's happening in our circumstances, no matter what's happening in our lives. Joy is available. And so this morning, that's what we want to do. We, we want to go on this journey to joy and try to truly figure out what it is, and how we are to experience it every single day. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 2. <coughs> Excuse me. If you don't have Bibles, we have some available for you. If you don't own a Bible, you can have that. Put your name in it. That's our gift to you. If you use um, electronic devices, we actually have a Wi-Fi here. It says GBC Guest. Just type in Find More, all lower caps, and you can log in that way. Um, 
But this morning, as of every morning, um, every Sunday, and every time I get up here, these are the only words that matter. They really, really are. And I'm never going to get tired of saying that. Um, my words mean absolutely nothing, but these words change everything. And so I'm going to ask if you will just join with us and stand with us as we open God's word and we read this morning, starting in Luke chapter 2, starting at verse 9. Luke writes this, he says, And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Will you pray with me? God, I just thank you so much for this morning. I, I thank you for the opportunity to gather as your people, as, as a community of faith. God, no matter where we're from or what's going on, God, I thank you that no matter where we are on this planet, you are the constant. And so, God, would you just move in our midst this morning? God, I, I believe in my heart this morning, and I, I know in my heart that some of us are struggling with the idea of joy. We get so wrapped up in everything else that we miss this beautiful gift that only you offer. And so this morning, God, would you just calm our hearts? Would you settle our minds? And God, would you speak? Let it be your words and not mine this morning. Hide me. God, and would you give us ears to hear and hearts to respond. God, that we would know, experience, share, and live joy. So God, have your way. And may you get all the credit and all the glory. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So, so joy... I think it's an interesting thing. I think, like I said earlier, that I think we get it confused sometimes. And, and, and I think um, we're not really sure, and we want it. I don't know. I've never met anybody that has never said, I don't want joy. You know, I've seen people that are pretty, like, grumpy and, and stuff and, and, and kind of mean and everything. But inside, you ask them, well, don't you just want to be joyful? Yeah, I'd like to be. And, 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 and so I think there's some confusion of what that looks like in us. And I think of all places where joy should be felt and joy should be known, it's in God's church. I mean, I think it should always, it should just permeate from us. But, but the problem is, is we, we have issues and we see problems and we see issues and they become so much bigger for us. And I think it's really, really interesting that, that whenever an angel showed up to share some kind of news, that there was always fear and the angel always said, do not be afraid. And I think we need to start there this morning. That the, the idea that I think fear plays a big role. In fact, I think fear is the polar opposite of joy. And, and so often we see something we don't understand or we're going through something that we can't comprehend. And, and fear takes hold. And that's exactly what happened on that night. You see these shepherds, you know, they weren't wimpy men. They were burly guys. They fought off wolves and bears and lions and tigers and bears. Oh, my. And, and anything else that would come. They protected those sheep that were dumb. That would wander off and like, look, there's a big bear of teeth. I'm going to go towards that. And the, the shepherds, so these were just, these were manly men. Except something happens that just blows them away. 
and they have no understanding what it is. So look back at Luke chapter 2. Let's read this again. You know, just imagine that night for a moment, how quiet it is. Probably, it, it was like every other night. Those shepherds were out there. They did it night after night, nothing the same. They're just sitting out there, they're with their flocks, they're keeping guard over them, they're watching them, and, and, and everything's just the same. And then suddenly, verse 9, and an angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. Now, I, I don't care who you think you are, or how bad you think you are, or how manly, or how brave you think you are. If, <coughs> if the sky erupts with light and a voice starts talking, I'm betting money that all of us are going to be a little bit scared. <laughs> I, I, I bet money. Like if, I mean, I love when people ask me, and says, you know, if God would just show himself to me, I would believe. I'm telling you what, if God ripped the ceiling off this and said, hey, I'm God, we would all be under our chairs. <laughs> we would be terrified. And so that's exactly what happens here. Their first response is fear and, and, and what, what's going on here. And I love it that right then in verse 10, and the angel said to them, first thing, fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You'll find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. I mean, just... Just the idea, very first thing, is that the first thing that the angel says is, listen, chill, don't be afraid. Relax. Relax. And, and I think for many of us this morning and so many people all around this world today, that we are living in fear. And fear is the thing that will keep us from joy every single time. But see what happens when the fear goes, because when, when fear is relieved and fear leaves the place, then joy erupts. Joy erupts everywhere. In fact, that's exactly what happened. Look at verse 13. When the shepherds realized they didn't have to be afraid that this is a great news and this is a good news and, and great joy, it says, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. As soon as fear left, joy erupted in all the skies. Could you imagine being there that night? I've grown up in Florida. We, we used to live over on the East Coast, um, and we would love watching the shuttle launches especially at night, because where we lived, you could just sit in our backyard, and it would just light up the sky. I don't think that is anywhere close to what happened this night. I think once fear was relieved and fear had left, that joy erupted, and an entire sky just lit up with all the heavenly hosts, with all those angels just singing and praising God. It was beautiful. But that's our starting point this morning. See, I, I don't know what you're afraid of. I, I don't know what's happening in your life and, 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 and all that's going on. But I can tell you this, that I know for a fact this morning, that whatever you face in your life, God is bigger. My dad is bigger than everybody else's dad. And there is nothing that I have to be afraid of because my God is bigger. And so with fear relieved, joy can actually find its place. So what does that look like in our lives? 
What does, what does joy actually look like? And, and, and I think for some of us, we sit there and go, well, you know, I like joy, but man, there are so many problems on this planet. How are we supposed to live joy and everything? And so there's three things that I want us to kind of see of how we experience joy and what we understand about joy this morning through Scripture. The very first one is the idea of joy and pain. It, it seems like those would be polar opposites. How can you have joy and have hurt and brokenness and, and pain in your life? How, how, can that, how can that even be possible? Well, the truth is, is we live in a fallen world. Listen, um, among people that live on this planet, we today are probably the most blessed people in the world. I mean, if you think about all that you have, I mean, how many of you had clean water to drink this morning? You could just turn on a faucet. How many of you actually had breakfast this morning or are wearing shoes? I mean, there are some hard places. I, I, I want to show you a couple of pictures real quick. Um, this is from Compassion International. This little village where um, they had just opened a school right there, a Compassion School, and, and they had fed the kids. Look at the faces. Look at the smiles and, and, and the jubilation. I'll, I'll show you another one. Look, look at this. This is called the Clean Water Project. Look, that's what they drank, and because they put in a filter system, now they have clean water. Look at all the faces in there. You see the joy in that. Now, the, the question is, did their situations actually really, really change? I mean, they're still living in poverty. They're still struggling. They're still, some of them are still wondering, are we going to have food today or maybe food tomorrow? And so the, the, the pain and the brokenness is still there, but yet you see in those faces there's still joy in there. And so the very first thing that we need to understand that in this fallen, broken planet is that joy and pain coexist together. I, I hate to tell you this, and, and I know it's Christmas, but, man, our planet, our world is broken. There are so many, so many things wrong. From the moment that we looked at God and said, God, I would rather do things my way than your way, everything went wrong. And, and we see it all over our planet. We see it in our own lives, broken relationships, broken dreams. And so there, there's going to be pain. It's like, and Jesus even told us that. He said, in this world, you'll have trouble. You'll have tribulation. You'll have trials. And praise God, I've overcome the world. You know, I, I think some of us, we, there are so many churches out there that just want to tell you, listen, you just follow Jesus and everything's going to be wonderful, cozy, and just sweet. And you're just going to love it. It's going to be posies and and ponies and, and cotton candy, it's just going to be great. That guy's a liar. <laughs> because this world's broken. Yet in that, in that, we can still experience joy. Even in the brokenness, even in the pain. And, and we can experience it together. Turn to James chapter 1. In James chapter 1, the brother of Jesus writes this, starting in verse 2. He says, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. That sounds crazy to me. Listen, count it joy when hard times come. When bad things happen, count it joy. 
Because in the midst of this brokenness and, 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 and hurt and the pain that is in this world, God will take all the good and he will take all the bad and he will use it to make us perfect. See, the problem is, is we get so fixated on an issue or a circumstance in our life, and that's all we see in that circumstance, that issue, when we're staring at it, becomes bigger than the God that loves us and made us and saved us. And so when all our focus is on the pain and the problem, we lose sight of God. Yeah, God and James is saying, listen, count it joy when those things happen, because God's going to take those and use those and perfect you. He's going to take what was meant for evil and turn it into good. That's his promise in Romans. For all things work to the good of those who love him and call according to his purpose. The problem is, is we think everything should be good and it's not going to be good in a fallen, broken world. All the things that work together, the good that's going to happen is you and I are going to be made back into the person that we were created always to be. Perfect, blameless, holy in a perfect relationship with God. And so we can count all joy. And so I think the, the goal here and, and the trick here is, is when we see life and we look at it, we need to take the broader view. That joy and pain, yes, they can coexist. That even in the worst moments and the hardest moments, I can still experience joy because I can take a broader view that even in this, God can take it and use it to shape me and to change the world. And so we need to understand that. Again, when we get stuck on the idea of just happiness, then all we're doing is looking at circumstances. But when we understand what joy is and the gift that joy is, it doesn't matter what happens. It doesn't matter what's going on in this planet. That joy can reign in us, even in pain. But we have to take the broader view. And listen, I understand, that's hard. It, it's hard sitting by a loved one that is sick. You know, one, one of the greatest gifts and the biggest trials of my life is that we lived overseas in Sicily for, a couple, for about three or four years as missionaries. We came back because my dad had emphysema. And for a year, I drove back and forth across the state every weekend to hang out with my dad basically just watching the strongest man that I've ever known die and get weaker and weaker because he couldn't breathe. And yet in that time, man, I heard my dad's faith for the first time my entire life of how deep his faith was. And the moment that he passed, there was sadness, there was sorrow. And at the exact same time, there was joy because my dad could breathe fine. See, we need to take the broader view we, we need to know that, yes, joy and pain coexist. Joy is the gift, and, and from, it's from God, only from God. You can't, I don't believe you can experience joy outside of a relationship with God. You can have happiness, but I don't think you can experience joy. And that's what we need. We, we need to experience joy. And so, and so we experience, and we know that they coexist but there's something else that joy does for us and for us to experience joy. It's the idea that joy and connection happen together. That, w that when we are experiencing joy, then when we are living joy, that there's actually connection that happens. And, <clears throat> and that we experience that with one another. 
that if you noticed in those pictures, none of them was just a single person. It was an entire kind of village or a community. Everyone was sharing joy. Everyone was feeling the joy and everything. It's because when we are experiencing joy, it connects us to one another. It, it connects us to, 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 to each other and, and to the world around us, and it, and it kind of spreads around us. In fact, isn't that, isn't that what the angel said? He says, I have good news, great joy for all the people. That's the message of Christmas, that the message of Christ, the gospel of God entering this planet is for everyone. It is news for everyone. It is good news. It is great joy. And it's for everyone, not just for individuals. I can't comprehend anybody that says, I don't need part of a community and I can just be by myself and I can just experience God, just me, all alone. I can't imagine that person ever truly being joyful. See, because I think you and I were created to be connected to one another. I think you, we were created to be connected to God and connect to one another in this family, in, in this, we're, we're adopted into this beautiful community that God has created. And I tell you, there is no community on the planet like the church. Just just think about it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter race. It doesn't matter culture. It doesn't matter economics. It doesn't matter any of that stuff that we all have common ground, that we can all come together, no matter what our backgrounds are, no matter where we're from or where we're going. It doesn't matter. We can all come together with the common ground that we all need a Savior, and Jesus is that Savior. And it ties us all together. And so it doesn't matter what's in your bank account. It doesn't matter, it doesn't matter where you've been or wh- who you're from. or it doesn't, Any of that stuff matters. This is why I think God hates racism. Because on, in my Bible, there's only one race on this planet. It's the human race. We are all connected. And in all places, we should see that in the church. I don't know of any other organization on the planet where you can come no matter who you are or what you are or where you've been and be connected with other people and have a common bond. That's joy. And joy connects us. See, I think joy is contagious. That when one person is joyful, it kind of spreads to another person. Another person. Have you ever sat around? We were, it was so funny. We went Christmas caroling. Thank you for everybody that went Christmas caroling with us this past Friday at the hospital. And it was so funny. We would be standing there singing these songs and, and having fun. And I would watch the nurses. And they couldn't help but start singing with us. And some of the patients start singing. People start coming out of their rooms. And you saw smiles on their faces. And you saw, you saw a little bit of joy here that just kept spreading. Because joy is contagious. In fact, that's what the, the psalmist writes this. The psalmist writes this in, so, <coughs> in Psalm 96. He says, let the heavens be glad and let the earth rejoice. Let the sea roar and all that fills it. Let the field exult and everything in it. Then shall all the trees of the forest sing for joy. I love that picture, that joy just keeps spreading and spreading through everything, throughout the whole planet, throughout the whole universe, and joy just keeps spreading and spreading and spreading and spreading because it's joy causes community. It causes connection, and we need that connection. I have never in my life seen a happy hermit. 
I've never seen someone that's just totally isolated themselves. Ooh, let me go on. Before the Lord, before he comes, let me just. We, we, we need that connection. We, we need to know that we, we belong somewhere, that there, there's a place where I can, I can just be me. And that's what joy does. It, it connects us. See, see, the problem is, is so many of us live in fear and pain. And what fear and pain does is it isolates us. My wife tells me this all the time. And I know it's true. And one day God will redeem this part of me. But, but when things are going wrong, I'm someone that kind of just like loads it all in. I just kind of, I just kind of go into myself when when things aren't happening the way I want, and we're, we're facing trials and stuff, and and I internalize everything, and w- when I do that, I kind of want to be by myself, and I'm off by myself, and and I'm I'm literally isolating myself. That's what fear and pain does. We we start we start believing the lie that no one has ever hurt like this before. No one will ever understand. And, and we take ourselves and we put ourselves over in some corner somewhere. And then we wonder, why am I so down? I, I, I think, see, I, I believe depression is a mental illness, but I also think it is a spiritual illness. And I think our world is filled with an epidemic of depression because people are filled with fear and pain and they've isolated themselves. But when we allow joy to enter, when we experience the joy that God offers and says, no matter what I'm facing, God, I know you're bigger. There may be pain, but God, you're bigger than all of this. Joy brings connection. People want to be around you when you're joyous. People want to hang out with you. Other people, you attract other people. And, And I love that, that joy leads to connection, but it also leads to one more thing. Joy leads to worship. I believe that with all my heart, that joy leads to worship. See, because I believe joy demands a response. Joy demands that that something comes out. It's not something, joy isn't something we can bottle up inside of us and try to keep to ourselves. It just kind of bubbles out and it demands a response. And that response is worship. And all worship is, is us looking at God and saying, this is how much you are worth. You are worth so much more. You are God, I am not. And it leads to that. Turn to Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2, starting at verse 10. Talking about the wise men, the magi who came from the east, it says in verse 10, When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. I mean, here's these guys. They're rich, they're powerful, they're foreigners, 
They're not part of the Jewish culture in any way. Here they show up and they follow this star and they come right to the very birthplace of Christ right there. And all they can do is be so overwhelmed to joy that they fall down and worship him. I think worship is, is our response to joy. And I think worship also is something that can even jumpstart our joy. I don't know about you, but when I'm having a really bad day and things are not going well, my computer's crashing and I'm sitting there going like, I've got to write the sermon, I've got to get all this stuff done and, and all this stuff that's going on, and I just feel overwhelmed. Every so often, I'll just sit there and I'll stop and I'll stream some music. I'll put some worship music on and all of a sudden I start singing. Not that well, but I sing. And it's amazing what happens when I start worshiping God. See, when I worship God, God becomes bigger than any issue I'm facing. When, when, I, when I start singing and I'm just focusing on God instead of the problems, it, it becomes worse. And it jump starts and my heart changes and my attitude and my outlook changes. See, because that's what joy does. It, it causes us to worship, but it can also jump start our worship. I mean, just think about the Christmas story of what happened. You know, the shepherds, the shepherds hear the angel, what do they do? They run, they go find the baby, they sit there, and what do they do? They fall down, they worship this baby. They're overwhelmed by it, and then what do they do? They go and tell everyone. Because that's what joy does. You can't hold joy in. I got to go tell everyone, man, something amazing happened. Some good news, great joy for all people. This is amazing. You wouldn't believe it. You imagine those shepherds? Shepherds weren't like the most trusted people during that time. You know, they were dirty. They were smelly. They smelled like sheep. They lived out in the woods and they lived out in, 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 in the plains and, and everything. And so people didn't, they didn't probably have the greatest social graces where, you know, they didn't hold their pinkies up when they drank tea and stuff, you know. They didn't do any of that stuff. And yet they're running around probably the whole town. Everyone they see, you can't believe what happened. Man, the sky erupted. They told us about this baby being born. We went and saw him. He was there. Man, we were so overwhelmed with joy. Man, I got to tell everyone about that. Think about that. Think about, think about the wise men. Man, they traveled and traveled and traveled probably for months following a star. They have no idea. They just see the star. They've heard the stories that someone that a king was coming and they want to go see this momentous occasion. And they travel through dangerous lands and they go and they go. And when they get there, this baby's there. And what do they do? They fall down and worship because joy leads to worship. And worship leads to joy. That's what this is about. And, and the good news this morning is that we are invited to experience that joy. Not just at Christmas. But every single day we can wake up and know that there's joy. No matter what we're facing. Now, I would bet in a room, in a, in a group this size, that we, we would struggle. But look at what First Peter says. First Peter in 1, verse 8 and 9 says, Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you not, do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Though we haven't seen him, 
Though we don't see him, we believe in him and we rejoice and there's joy that flows from that. And I know for some of us that's hard. For, for some of us, we're saying like, that sounds great, Pastor. I would love to live a life full of joy and just have joy all the time. But man, it is, it is hard. You don't understand what's going on. We got, we got financial struggles. We got relationships and family struggles. We don't know about jobs. We don't know about this. We don't know about all that. Can I tell you once again, if you don't hear anything else this morning, that there's nothing, nothing in your life that you could face or go or have to deal with that God isn't bigger. And if you will take your eyes off the issue and put your eyes on God, on this baby, on Christ born. Joy will come. And so I've got a couple of things I just want to challenge you with this Christmas season. That if you're struggling with joy, if you're struggling with how to experience joy, there's a couple of things. The very first thing is you, you, we have got to connect with others. And we have to be proactive about that. You know, Find a community of believers. Find family. Find people that you can be around and connect with because none of us was meant to go through life by ourselves. It's impossible. It's hard. And so if we, we need each other. You know, find, find a church wherever you're at, wherever you live. Find a community that, where you can feel like you belong, where you can feel like you can serve. and you can. But find that community and connect with that community. Because when you do, even when you're having a horrible day and a horrible week or a horrible year, there's someone there that knows exactly what you're going through. And that joy will bleed. You can't be joyous by yourself. You know, one of my favorite, one of my favorite kind of like Christmas thing is Handel's Messiah. Could you imagine Handel's Messiah with one person? Have you ever heard Handel's Messiah? It's beautiful, but one voice? That'd be horrible. <laughs> it, it takes a community. And so, and so I challenge you, I encourage you, connect. And listen, you've got to be proactive about that. There's too many people waiting around saying, well, I'm going to just wait till somebody shows up. And I understand that we want people to come in and we're, we look for people, man. We, that's why we went to the hospital and that's why we'll go to the farmer's market and we want to connect with people. But you have a responsibility too, to connect. Next thing, be purposefully thankful. That's a mouthful. Be purposefully thankful. Listen, I'm going to tell you right now that you are more blessed than most of the people on this planet. And I challenge you to think of all the things that you can be thankful for. If you need to, write it down. But start being thankful. Think about all the things. Even the very breath you breathe this morning is a gift from God. The ability to walk and talk and to meet other people is a gift from God. And so we need to be thankful because here's what's happened. When we become thankful, when we actually start writing down the things that we need to that was weird. All right. I saw everyone looking this way. I'm like, hmm. <laughs> but when we're thankful, man, it, it takes the focus on all the things that we think we want and we, we, all, the, all the selfishness and the pride and, and everything else. 
and we understand that everything we have is from God, it's for God. And it's a blessing. We are blessed so much. I mean, I, I look at just this church, this little church. This is our third Christmas in the life of this church. And, and I remember our first Christmas and having to borrow someone's office and, and, and try to do a Christmas Eve service there and, and people crammed in my house and, and everything and how God has just blessed us and how God continues to bless I, I think about my family and the heritage of faith that I have in my family and the love that I have for my brother, my sister, my mom, you know, and all my family. I think about that, you know what, I'm going to go home and I'm going to eat today. And I'm going to have a roof over my head. And there's so many things, and I can breathe today. And more than anything else, I'm thankful because there's a God that looked past my sin and loved me enough to choose me and to die for me and to redeem me. Be purposefully thankful. Make a list. And then finally, let's worship God for who He is. I think so often we worship God for what He's done. We worship God when, 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 the, when the refrigerator is full and the bank account is full. We worship God when everything... You know, seems to be going okay. But when things are hard, we wonder like, oh, well, God must not like me more. Now, that's how we are called to worship for God for who he is. God, the omniscient, the all-knowing, the omnipotent, the omnipresent, the sovereign, the creator of everything, the sustainer of everything. We worship God for who he is. And when we do that, we take the focus off ourselves and our world, and we put the focus on him because he's the only one worthy of worship. There's nothing else on this planet worthy of worship or praise other than God. He's the only one. And so we worship God for who he is, for the amazing God that he is, for, for his love, for his grace, for his mercy, for all those things that is his personality, for who he is. We worship him. And when we do that, joy flows. And it flows from us and it flows to everyone else around us. That's what we do to step into that journey. If you want to experience joy every single day of your life, do those. Connect with other people. Be thankful and worship God for who he is every day. And by the way, worship isn't just singing some songs on a Sunday morning. If this is the only time you worship God, I pity you because you don't know the fullness of everything that he wants for you. We worship God for who he is. I love this. The great preacher Billy Sunday said this. He says, if you have no joy, there's a leak in your Christianity somewhere. I believe that with all my heart. No matter what's going on in your life, if there's no joy, then there's a leak. And I just want to challenge you this morning, plug the leak. Whether it's understanding that joy and, and, and pain coexist and within that, I, I can still experience joy if it's knowing that I need to connect with people and I need to connect with the church and connect with, with everything that's going on around me and other people and spread that joy. And I need to worship God on a daily basis, whatever it is. Plug the leak. Because joy is not something just for Christmas. It is something for every day. And can I tell you something? One day we're going to stand before God's throne. And joy will be eternal without 
any pain, without any sorrow, without anything at all other than joy. So why not start practicing it now and not waiting till then? And I, I don't know where you're at this morning. And I don't know what's going on in your life, but I, I just want to encourage you that joy is available. And maybe it's just a reassessing of where my life is. Maybe there's something that God is trying to work on you and you've been holding on to. And I just, I want to give this a chance to respond this morning, to experience the joy. And whatever that looks like for you, that's what it looks like. If you want to go into our prayer and just have some private time, go in that prayer. If you want to worship God through tithes and offering, then worship God. If you want to just sit there or sing or just worship together, whatever that is, don't leave here this morning missing the joy that's available for us as we walk out that door. The joy that's available for us that will show up tomorrow morning and the next day and the next day and the next day. See, joy shows up in the strangest places. Even in a field with a bunch of shepherds and some sheep. Even in your vacation or your job, joy can show up. That's my prayer for us this Christmas. And that it will spread everywhere. So whatever God is doing, let him have his work this morning. Don't come to church and leave the same when you came in. That's a waste of time. We go to church because we step into God's presence. May that joy flow through all of us. Let's pray.